forever. Dog. The Mark of Death? This week on the podcast, Carmen Adams's The Claw. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA Pulp Fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And as stated, we are reading The Claw by Carmen Adams. Um, and I would just like to blow up her spot immediately Please. if I could. There's no way that The Claw wasn't, in fact, written by short story and uh, novelist uh, Carol Anshaw. <laughs> How did you know this? Uh, tell me, my tell me your amazing yeah. detective skills. Yeah, your detective, your sleuthing. How did you do mm-hmm. this? I sleuthed this by looking at the copyright. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. It, consider copyright it 1995, Carol Anshaw. There you go. And then you looked mm-hmm. her ass up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. She, she wrote, uh, I think, a couple of short story collections. She wrote a novel called Aquamarine. Carry the one, um, and I'm blanking on the the other one. Right after the weather. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she is a like very very good writer. I'm gonna tell you something. Uh huh. This book was funny. I really enjoyed this book. Me too. Me too. And this book was like funny, like intentionally funny. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. I mean, the end. Okay, the ending. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, it's not. It's not one of my faves. No, it's not like all time great. But I really enjoyed reading it because it is very silly. Yeah, it is it's very, very silly, silly, and I love the two main characters' relationship. Um, Kelly and Rachel, obviously the real relationship of the book. You no choice but to ship. Mm-hmm. You must ship. You feel it in your bones. Um, I'll go ahead and read the back of the book. Please. Wherever you go, it will find you. Kelly is so happy about her new job at the local zoo. Even after the nasty phone calls and the twisted threats that tell her to stay away, she decides that nothing can stop her because she really wants to work with animals. Lie. But wild (sighs) animals can be very dangerous, especially when they're let out of their cages. Everyone wonders who left open the door to the black leopard's cage. Who would be that careless or that evil? Now the leopard is terrorizing the whole town. <laughs> <laughs> terrorizing Especially the town. Kelly, mm. leaving behind bloody claw marks in its wake. Are the marks of those of a ferocious are the marks those of a ferocious animal, or is it something else? Something even more terrifying. It's something much less terrifying, in fact. Much less. <laughs> Uh, terrifying this is a rich girl with a little like a little tiny rake who is just totally bananas who yeah who at first you're like okay because right. she's like trying to cover up her dad's embezzling scheme but then she's like but i really yeah. did scare everybody didn't i and everyone's like <laughs> okay girl <laughs> yeah it's like 
they catch her and she's like sobbing. She's like, I was just trying to help my dad because I know he's been embezzling from the zoo for years because it doesn't make any sense how rich we are and he's the zoo's comptroller in any way. And then Griffin liked Kelly instead of me and I knew I had to take her out and it was the perfect plan. I did like that her like afterthought part of the murder or murder attempts Mm -hmm. were like the crazy parts. Because she was like, well, two birds, one stone, you know? Like, yeah. I was also, like, <laughs> madly jealous about, you know, about... don't look a gift horse in the mouth, two birds, one stone, and is mm. worth more in the hand. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why I took this garden rake and was pretending that it was a leopard claw. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, I did like that, look, they have got, I guess, I guess the police don't know about all of the interesting leopard claw marks. Because Kelly no does not said anything. <laughs> yeah, Kelly does not tell anybody. So that no part, one's telling anybody. No one tells anybody. They're just like, "Ooh, that was a leopard claw." They're just oh, like, well. you know what? I'm just gonna throw a party, shake this off. <laughs> you know what? I'm I mean, just gonna it go is for Melissa. a run through the woods. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> not you, Kelly. Kelly, yeah. what are you book, Kelly? Yeah. What are you doing? There's also, a and, leopard. And she's in the woods. The town. There's this re- leopard terrorizing the town. She's, she, she's like, I got to put on that Bruce Springsteen tape in my Walkman. She's, she is jogging in the woods. <laughs> and then she sees Lonnie, who's like the cat man. Uh, and Takes he's her the like, big cats at the zoo. Yeah. He's like, if, if Tiger King was like oh you know what it is he's like the the one hero in tiger king who's just like that ex-con that works there and is like i don't know i really loved the cats like that guy that's lonnie um but she sees lonnie like traipsing around in the woods with this like giant creature creature legged creature (laughs) and she's like oh my god uh the the leopard that's terrorizing the town (laughs) oh no it's what is the leopard's name? Oh, Lucifer. Is it Lucifer? I think I <laughs> maybe made, made that up. Cinderella. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It, oh, Luther. 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 <laughs> it does sound like Lucifer, though. I, I see yeah. why you thought that. Yeah. Um, I was just so confused by that run. <laughs> She's like, ooh, I better head out if I'm going to get a run in. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's she she does she listen. Kelly is responsible. <laughs> Her and Rachel are extremely responsible, which makes them like dweebs that everybody kind of makes fun of. But they love being responsible. They love being responsible. And honestly, they're like they feed each other's like self-righteousness, which is very cute. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention a very woke moment in this story i think i took a screenshot of what you're about to say it's so i was like yes Mm -hmm. so i mean i do wish that kelly was like a little more hip to it but it's fine and it is kind of a teaching moment by a black character to a white character but is her awakening this is her awakening because she's like wow so okay uh so the first day um uh melissa i'm sorry uh kelly and rachel uh, Rachel is black, Kelly is white, um, and they're best friends. And they go, they're the only two kids from their school to get this job as interns at Creighton 
garden. Gardens, which everyone calls creepy gardens because it's creepy. And it's like this creepy old rundown zoo. Which is fun. That's which is very fun. Um, very fun. Setting. Wonderful setting. 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. They meet the other kids there. And it's Sandy Lopez. Melissa, I don't know her last name. Griffin, yeah, I, I don't, don't know either. his last name. And then John, I don't know his last name. <laughs> John is white. Um, and I will say he's a bit of a stereotype. He is. He's like the extra creepy guy. Like that's his he, thing. He like picks at his zits and I was like, oh, poor John. And th- their big criticism of him is that he's sarcastic and makes jokes a lot. I was like, I don't know. That sounds normal. Yeah, he and then also, it's supposed to be so weird that he loves action movies. I was like, mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, his invite for them was sad. <laughs> his invite was sad. And also, it does make sense that like Kelly and Rachel, who are these like goody goodies, would think it's weird that he likes That's action movies. That's very true. Because they are point. so dweeby. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. He likes this jungle action movie, which was clearly a stand in for Rambo. <laughs> Yes, yes. So they meet all the new kids, and um, everybody is white except for Sandy Lopez, who is Latinx, and uh, and Rachel, who's black, and uh, M- Michelle. Or I'm sorry, Melissa and John are rich. Griffin is just unknown. He's handsome. That's his thing. He's handsome and funny. <laughs> um. And so there it's it's it also just felt so accurate to like if you're kind of a weird outcast and you have this one best friend and like you have to reconvene after meeting all these new people and kind of like go through what you think about every single one of them. Like I remember doing that with my friend um, after meeting new people and being like, okay, let's like say what we think about each one of them. (laughs) So they go through and they they do not like Melissa and John because <clears throat> um <laughs> Rachel says I think it would be nice if they gave Melissa the monkey cage cleanup assignment that John is a dweeb too Kelly muttered back rich kids think they're so great when they really ha- just have more clothes and CDs which is not the same as being great someone ought to point that out to them rich white kids are the worst no offense Melissa informed me that she thought it was terrifically enlightened of the school of the zoo to have hired such a racially balanced mix of interns meaning me and Sandy Lopez and then, of course, clueless Kelly, the white girl, is like, why does that make you upset? Maybe she meant it. And uh, Rachel says, get real. I can tell. She wanted to sound cool on the issue. But Melissa is one of those people who'd really rather the whole world was white. I was like, ooh. I was like, wow. And then Kelly, being very stupid, you're, very, you're being paranoid. And Rachel goes, I'm not. I've developed excellent radar for phony tolerance. Plus, I've got a feeling Melissa is a girl who's never said a sincere word in her right her life. And guess what? Rachel's fucking right because Melissa's a pathological liar. <laughs> a pathological liar and homicidal. Yes. And just like a, a, a freaking like bonk. She's bonkers. She's, she's completely bonkers. You know, she's the she's the bonkers villain. Yes. And as, yes. as we've discussed before. These books are the only place where I'd be like, this person's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. These books are not an accurate portrayal of They're mental illness. Yeah. So 
I'm going with the crazy. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it's very, like, that's how the book is portraying her. Everyone's like, she's yes. very unhinged. Like, yes. it's, it's, we're not <clears throat> diagnosing her. Um, so Melissa's completely fake. She, I mean, she is. She's like constantly like, oh my God, I love that, like, you guys are being together, Kelly and Griffin, even though I have a huge crush on Griffin. <laughs> um, I think that if this book were written now, I, you know, uh, nothing can be completely perfect, especially in the 90s. I think that Rachel would, you know, have a more active role in in the book. Um, but as it stands as a 90s book, I, I was shipping them both really hard. Uh, and I liked, I don't know, I felt like, like, I think if this book were written now, maybe, like, maybe Rachel would be the main character. Because, like, she just has a lot more adversity and things that she's dealing with, which is, like, to me, more of an interesting story than than Kelly's, which is kind of, like, just as a character. I don't well, know, I guess, Kelly, but oh my Kelly God. has some serious issues going on in her family life. I did forget because I was going to be like, <laughs> is this going to be a Chekhov's missing sister? She, it it didn't. It had it, almost nothing to do with the story. It It, it stood as, like, a... A way to be tricked, I guess. Yeah, and that was it. For it, Kelly. It came into play in sort of establishing Kelly's ultra reasonable behavior on the one hand, and then like a single moment of like Melissa calling her up, pretending to be Rachel and being like, I saw your runaway sister Heather at the ice rink. Yes. I also loved, I mean, here's the, I, I do like that um, Carmen Adams is a very, or uh, what's her real name? Carol Anshaw. Carol Anshaw is a very uh, meticulous writer because like every, like all of the little details do come back. Mm -hmm. Like the book opens with, they call each other on their phone and they don't say it's Rachel or it's Kelly. Like they just launch into conversation because they know who they're talking to almost without knowing. And the way that Melissa kind of fucks it up is that she calls and she's like, hi, it's Rachel. And Kelly's like, that's weird. She doesn't ever really identify herself. And then it kind of and I also liked. So the reason that she hadn't seen Rachel that night was that Rachel was like, oh, I can't come over because like my aunt is in town and like I have to go help with my aunt. So uh, I can't come over. And the the call was like, hey, this is Rachel. Um, I just got back from the movies with Sandy and we then went to go get pizza and I saw your sister at the ice rink. And Kelly thinks to herself, she's like, dang, did she like lie to me about is she her friendship being out of town? <laughs> yeah, she was like, dude, am I being broken up with right now? <laughs> and then when she does find out that it was a lie, which is, I, I love that there was no, I don't believe you, you know, like she's in the hospital and sh she's like, well, Rachel's like, well, cause she goes to the ice skating rink and gets bonked. So she's then in the hospital. <laughs> she gets hardcore bonked and hardcore bonked. slashed. Garden oh, yes. claw slashed. With a little rake. Mm -hmm. She gets slashed One with a tiny rake. Handheld rake. <laughs> the hand, hand rake things. <laughs> and... Because and Melissa's fucking crazy. Because Melissa's like, I'm going to pretend to be a leopard. She's like, <laughs> I recorded Luther growling. Oh, my God. Yes. And I'm going to, like, call you and, like, play it. And then I'm also going to, like, 
play it in random places. So you think you hear Luther and I'm going to just jump out of the bushes a lot and like scratch people. Were you shocked when it turned out Sandy had been in fact attacked, attacked. by the actual leopard? Yeah, I was like, oh damn, she was, was like, attacked oh, by it. She was attacked by a wild animal. That's crazy. Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Poor Sandy. Yeah. No moment in the sun except for to get slashed by, by a leopard that's terrorizing the town. And to make uh, Kelly jealous. Yeah, in a fake lie. Mm-hmm. So so Kelly was like, or Rachel's like, what were you doing at the ice rink? And she's like, you told me to go there. And she's like, what? No, I didn't. And there's no like, yes, you did. You, you're lying. Not like that shit. Their friendship is so strong that she's just like, oh, duh. Like, that couldn't have been you. Because you don't sound like that on the phone and like you wouldn't have like she's like, oh, yeah, I guess I just thought that you were like secretly hanging out with Sandy. And Rachel's like, uh, you are paranoid. I would not do that. I would have called you. And she's like, yeah, I know. And that's it. So like there's no time wasted, which mm-hmm. I liked. Yeah, I appreciated that. It's not like this big secret that keeps. Yeah, I hate that things. shit. Yeah. Where it's like, just talk to the she's person, an you know? Unnecessary secret. She's just like, yeah, you called me. And she's like, no, I didn't. They're like, okay, well, moving on. Yeah, she's like, I see now. <laughs> uh, it didn't sit right with me. And now I know why. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and I like that Rachel comes up with the plan. The plan is interesting. And well, so first, okay, let's let's back up. Mm-hmm. So they they start working at this zoo and their assignment is the big cats. And Rachel's really excited because she loves animals. Oh, how 10 out of 10 were the names of um, Kelly's pets? Well, I'm sure that you you're biased. I am biased because of the noodle thing. But the name of the cat, the name of the cat. Yeah, it was very good. Marilyn Monroe. There's a cat named Marilyn Monroe and a dog named Noodle. Are you kidding? Her name is Kelly and she has a pet named Noodle. That's crazy. Can you believe? Can you believe? I can't. I read it Um, and I still don't believe. Although if I think it would be more uncanny if she was the like animal crazy character because I'm very animal crazy. Like anytime I see an animal, I'm like, I want to touch you. Yeah, Um, it says in the blurb that Kelly can't wait to start working with animals, but it's actually Rachel. Yeah, Rachel loves the animals. Kelly loves Rachel. Loves Rachel and is slightly horrified by animals. Yes. It's pretty terrified. <laughs> and is doing it to try to get over her fear. So good for her. Good for her. Face your fears. Um, so they get their assignment and their assignment is to work in the cat house together, which they're so excited because they get to work together, which is very cute. Mm-hmm. And they meet Lonnie, who's like Mr. Cat Guy. And he's like sh- very feline. Um, he like licks and grooms himself at one point. Mm, that was very weird. Which was very strange. I thought it was funny that they ever suspected Lonnie because I'm like, there's no way he's gonna risk Luther getting hurt by letting him out of the cage. Yeah. Or the enclosure. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that what was good about this, actually, you know what I really liked about this book? That there were no red herrings that were acting so reprehensibly that, like, you would hope they'd be the killer. Because it's just stuff that, like, you could maybe take out of context. Like, Lonnie, you know, says at one point, like, I wish they could be free. But then later he's like, yeah, I wish they could be free, but, like, they can't. And they're 
not suited for the wild. So like I have to take care of them so they are safer here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was cool. Like there wasn't anybody like Griffin wasn't creepy. He was just boring. Yeah. I, he's like he was written to be perfect, boring boyfriend. He's mm-hmm. Riley. He's Riley. He is Which Riley. Is fine. Yeah, there's because, a time for Riley. Mm-hmm, there's a time for Riley, and this is it for Kelly. Um, she, uh, you know, starts to fully accept that she is in fact gay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to. I so I took a I took a screenshot of this moment. Just this is just a funny like oh, it's like the future. Um, when Griffin, and this is like supposed to be a cute moment between her and Griffin. Um. Kelly, like, so, so Rachel's like, how about Mr. Hunkarama? Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, gross. <laughs> when they're talking about their impression of everybody. And mm-hmm. and Kelly lets out, like, a low whistle, like, woo Yeah. And it, to which a huge tropical bird whose cage they were passing came back with its own reply, a loud, piercing screech. Both girls laughed, causing the others to turn around. Griffin smiled at her and said, bet you say that to all the birds. I didn't know I was communicating with the wildlife, Kelly said in her own defense. I'll have to watch what I say from now on. Control my tweets, too. And I was like, ah. Yeah, I know. I was like, eat scared. Tweets. <laughs> so Carol Anshaw predicted Twitter is what she I'm did. saying. Kind of like the Simpsons keep predicting Trump things. That's true. Um, I also wanted to. Oh, this part was very funny. So. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so, I mean, just wow. So there's this part where um, Kelly and is thinking about the other kids. And she goes, Kelly had begun to notice that both Melissa and John talked a good game about being wild and having killer social lives. But she suspected that they were both actually lonely and unpopular people trying to cover this up. She was trying to be charitable in her thoughts towards both of them to make up for not liking them. This wasn't easy. Just as Kelly was filling herself with resolve to be kind to and open-minded about the both of them, Melissa was saying, of course, perhaps I should ask my mare to order some caviar while John was doing something with a zit on his neck that should have waited until he got home. I was like, oh, Oh. that's so funny. That's just so like very um, like it's perfect. It's it's the perfect. perfect way to encapsulate John's problem. Yes. Everything he does should wait until he. Just wait until you're at home. You can you can pick at it all you want. Just do it at home because I don't want to watch so you pick it. I was so sad for him. I know. I and that's the thing too. Like I had, you know, I had skin problems in high school. Um, well, I have a picking problem, and I'm I'm still like, yeah, you don't don't oh, do that in front of people. Well, that's why I have like some acne scars because I would have. I mean, we've talked about this. Yeah. Like, I can't. I can't leave yeah. it. If it's there, it has to come out. You know. Yeah. I, it's gotta. It's yeah. It's we, a very. It's, it's just I can't pathological compulsion for me. Yes, because then I'm just thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Anyway. Yep. So I did feel bad for him. Yes. Um, um, but it is very funny being someone that is being attacked by this. Yes, I is also like, understood it. I also understand because I'm like, yeah, if I'm doing that shit, I'm like, dang, I should wait till I go home for this. I should not be doing this on the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so I thought that was very funny. The, I, that was the moment where I was like, this author's funny. She's yes, she's very funny. Here's, here's one of my favorite moments where I really did laugh out loud. So I think at this point, the only interaction Griffin and Kelly have had is that moment about the 
birds and the tweets, right? Yeah. Okay. I think so. That's like so for then, a long time. That's all they've done. Yes. Or, or maybe there's some talking at the and stand then it's the hot dog thing. Yeah. And so then this is later that night. Okay. So they have had the like hot dog stand interactions. So later yeah. that night, the cage has been left open. Luther's gotten out. Kelly and Rachel were truly almost attacked. Oh, yeah. They had to scurry. They had to run, run, run away from him, hide in the monkey enclosure for a while. And then they come out and, <laughs> and they meet up with everybody. <laughs> Griffin didn't say anything, which was more telling about his feelings for Kelly than anything he could have said. His look when he saw her was one of utter relief. And when he came over to her and put an arm around her shoulders, she pressed her face into the hollow of his neck and just <laughs> let flow all the tears she had been holding back through the whole ordeal. There was no self-consciousness between them. It was as if this horrible incident had skipped them over weeks of tentative flirting and getting acquainted. In this moment of relief, she felt truly close to him. It's scary to think if anything had... He started to say into her ear, but she pressed her fingers into his mouth. No, I could not. But it didn't. Into? Into? <laughs> but it didn't. I, that moment it's I was like. like you guys don't even know each other yet. Yeah. Truly that moment I did. I And, and this was the weird part because I was, I, I think I missed the part about it being like, they skipped all the tentative flirt because I was I did not see that because I was trying to return the book quickly. So like when that happened, I was like, "What?" It's <laughs> okay. so weird. It's like they've had this like very dorky teenage flirting, like, "Oh, you eat a lot of hot dogs." Well, I'm a growing boy, or like whatever non-flirty quipping is going on. And then later, yes. she's almost attacked by a leopard. And he's like, "I almost lost you," and she's like, "But we're together now. It's okay." <laughs> The, her pressing her fingers like I know that it when she says into his mouth she, she means, means just like against lips. yeah but <laughs> I, the idea <laughs> of her shoving her fingers into his mouth and being like but I didn't like is so cursed <laughs> it is really disturbing if, <laughs> if that is what she meant. just like two fingers just fully in his He's mouth like, <laughs> and she's like bet you didn't did <laughs> um oh i also wanted to mention her outfit that she wears to go oh to my the God. party both of their outfits both of their outfits this was another highlight oh of right mine. right right okay wait so can you read what he's wearing and then i'll wear what she's wearing because i cut off Great. half of what he's Perfect. wearing so this is michelle melissa is throwing this big party in and response to her clawing her own locker to make it look like she was being yeah. attacked. Yeah. She's like, With her I tiny just have rake. to shake it off. Yeah. We so can't she, let fear rule our lives. Also, okay, wasn't it so weird that like everybody at her party was like industrial rave people? Yes. And then she's like this prep. Like, where'd she find these people? And Kelly asks that too. She's like on the verge of suggesting that they were hired. Yes. No, she's like, are these crisis actors? Yes. <laughs> Did she find these people on Craigslist? Are they all going to like a MAGA town hall after this? Okay, okay. so what is Griffin wearing? Because they so, both dress up. Quote. Yes. By the time the girls got back downstairs, the party had gotten even bigger and rowdier. Kelly didn't care how many kids arrived, though. There was really only one guest she was interested in. 
She scanned the room and happily, there he was. Griffin had arrived. He looked <laughs> terrific. He had gotten, she had gotten used to seeing him in his snack shop uniform of white t-shirt and jeans with a kitchen apron over the whole thing and a Creighton Gardens baseball cap turned around on his head. She realized she had never seen him dressed up. Tonight, <laughs> though, he was wearing pleated khakis and a Horrible. dark denim shirt with a wild Hawaiian print tie, white leather <laughs> basketball shoes. When she approached him to talk, she couldn't help noticing he was also wearing a spicy aftershave that tickled the inside of her nose. Hey, I was you like, look great, she told him. I when I okay, the entire look I was very disgusted. But then like the idea of his spicy, spicy aftershave that tickled her nose, I was like, dude's probably smells like shit. Like <laughs> have you got ever way s- too much on. He, he like I don't really lathered yes. on the old spice. Well, because this is a teenager, and we mm-hmm. know they sometimes wear too much. There is, and I don't know if this is just, I have a very, 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 very uh, s- sensitive sense of smell. Like, I can pick up on smells pretty quickly, and then so I get overwhelmed by them easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this specific, like, male-branded cologne or aftershave. I don't know what it is. But to me, it smells like fucking farts. It's like, it's not like Aqua de Joe or like, or like Cool Water or any of those. But I remember certain kids in high school, and I don't know if it was just that these kids were always farting and then wearing <laughs> that cologne. Oh, no. or, or like, you know, like that smell of like an unwashed person wearing a lot of perfumey type stuff yeah somebody who doesn't wash their hair and barely changes their sheets yes it's got that like it's like that musty oily, sweaty bed oily yes smell. and like they don't really wash their clothes and like don't really shower but they just put on mm-hmm. cologne mm-hmm. it's like that it's, yeah it's like dusty and musty and then and like covered in men's cologne <laughs> yeah yeah and like and 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 it, it like borders on a scent of decay when all of that mixes together. It's very, very unpleasant. Um, so that's what I was picturing when she was like, wow, <laughs> it's tickling my nose. I was like, tickle. <laughs> and then she is dressed in what she thought was a pretty cool outfit. I <laughs> did not I understand this last sentence. I had Both trouble. of their outfits are unacceptable, but very 1995. I mean, hers is – I I think I'm just having a lot of trouble picturing it. I – all right, read – go ahead and read it. Okay. Long, baggy white shorts, a navy shirt, and a forest green vest. So what do we think the shirt is? Do we think it's a long sleeve? Is it a short sleeve? That's a good question. I'm picturing like I a turtleneck. I was picturing, for some reason, short sleeve V-neck. Okay. But it says, it, and the vest does, is like baggy, it says right? She we put think? together what she thought was a pretty cool outfit, and then it says this was the kind of look she liked best on herself. Oh yeah, put together, but not as though she had been trying too hard to put it together. I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> look, I've had outfits that I do that right where I'm oh, like, "This for looks sure. very strong to," but it's this I, outfit. Yeah, not it would not fit. be that. Long baggy white shorts. So are we thinking like what are the shorts? 
I are they like culottes? Like, like what are they? Like just above the knee, maybe baggy. And they're I can actually picture this outfit except for the vest. I don't understand. Is the, the vest, vest open? I think the vest is, is it, open. It's not like a like like a vest with a bunch of pocket like a cargo vest is it <laughs> okay Lindsay? i'm looking up long baggy shorts mm-hmm. what does the internet think it is i will also look it up just i look i typed in long baggy shorts women interesting yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um oh oh no oh, it's this 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 oh my god where how how can i send this to you it's the one it says uh is it under uh, ads no it's i think it's this so copy link address i'm just gonna send this to you um for the listener they are like like I think it's this and not necessarily linen, but this picture has them be linen. They're like linen, baggy, have like a single pleat, um, have the like the hook clasp clothes on it. I wonder if you're thinking of the one that I was about to send you. Really? Or if the person has a blue gingham top on. No. The gingham is very small. It's a blue top. No, this is not what I'm looking at then. It's under images for long baggy shorts women. Oh, I did not add women. And then that's one, two, three, four, five. It's the fifth oh. or sixth, sixth one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That I is think it's that. very close to what I was picturing. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Where it's like chunky, very structured, stiff shorts. Kind of in between a Bermuda short and like. I was I'm picturing a short. short. I'm realizing, yeah, but the baggy situation to me, are we thinking that they're like capri length or shorter? Shorter. So like above, if they were right capris, above the knees. I think she would have said, said capris or or pedal pushers or something. Here's okay. Here's what these. No, those are too long. Um, I don't know why I've decided this is so important. No, but we need to understand this outfit because it was really confounding to me. Short. I guess this is what I was picturing, though. I th- I think maybe she just meant not Daisy Dukes. But like, I, yeah, I think that they're kind of like that, like you would find them now at like Ann Taylor Loft. But like in, you know what I mean? In the mm-hmm. 90s, they were popular of those kind of structured. Like J. Crew. Yeah, yeah. Like a structured short that's baggy, so but it's like very tubular, like very cylindrical pant leg. So I think that, and then I think the vest is like open and big. Yes, if it's nineteen ninety five, it could just have been like, you know, flat. For some reason, I'm almost picturing like suede. Yes, I was thinking a thick structured material for the uh, vest. Yes. Yes, yes. It could have been suede. It could have been corduroy. I'm picturing like a, it's not a floppy material. And then I guess the shirt is like just, she doesn't say oversized. It's just a shirt. So I guess it's just like a regular t-shirt maybe. You were saying v-neck. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just, it's not, <laughs> it's just very 1995, I guess. 
And it's really making me laugh to think about. Especially, what is his Hawaiian print tie, please? Yeah. What is I'm gonna this? See. Hawaiian print tie. Looking it up. Oh, they do exist. Oh, this is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I think some of them, they are, they some of them are pretty. I don't think that they're like the kind of pretty Hawaiian print that I'm seeing for a lot of these because a lot of these are like linen ties. I think it's probably like a garish, like pretty wide tie, probably tied in a double Windsor, very thick, a thick look. Um, I think he probably looks atrocious if we're really going to be honest. I found her shorts. I found what they probably were. Okay. Send it to me. It's J. Crew. Yeah. I knew it would be like at that kind of place right mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah. Anyway. Is it so are we thinking they're kind of like safari-ish? Okay, I'm about to click it. Yeah, okay. But like baggier, I think. Because these are tight. Here, how about these from Beals? <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it is important that you guys stay on this recording with us while we figure yeah. this out. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, I so think these we can are agree like, they're definitely Bermudas. Yeah, because they're for sure Bermudas. The, the, so the link that Lindsay first sent me is kind of like a um, like Dickies material chino uh, shorts that I think, yeah, straight down, not fitted to the leg. Um, uh, and then this most recent one is like, it seems to be a jersey material uh, drawstring. It seems to be a mix between like a skort and Bermuda. You know what? This is like culottes. Actually, I found a, almost exactly what I was picturing, but they're not long enough and they're not white. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Why is this so important to me that I find this? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, the truth has to be known. We have to get on the same page. Hey, what did it just send you? <laughs> Fat knee? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the thing that it sent me was 2020, baggy shorts, women's swag, streetwear, fatney, hip-hop, man shorts, loose. <laughs> Harajuku Bermuda is another one. Masculina, Masculina. casual shorts. Sweatpants, yeah, I think it's women's, these but long. number 528. <laughs> I think it's these but long. I do suggest not using this website because it does seem like <laughs> we're going to get chaos. <laughs> it was, yeah, we're going to get some kind of fucking, I mean, also. Oh, boy. This is very reminiscent of like Shine or like Wish where you it's just like you're going to think you're ordering something and then it's going to be like doll clothes. <laughs> it's like <laughs> not <laughs> like all of these, all of these. No, no, no. I do not trust it. I was sort of picturing like I realize now board shorts. Yeah, they're kind of like Some board shorts. Board shorts, but long. Yeah, but not for the Osh for parties. Yes. For, um, you would not wear them in the ocean, but you would wear them to a bonfire. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, or a party in the 90s. Or a party in Andrew. the 90s as, uh, as like put together, but not too put together. Yeah. How is this put together? Anyway, spending yeah, that's weight, the but like 90s fashion is just so fascinating. Yeah, it really is. Um, And I do really like it because I do love an oversized thing. Interestingly... Other than her shorts, nothing is oversized. We have to move on. We do have to move on. But yes. I, I also was very obsessed with yes. the, with that outfit. Um, 
So, oh, so then she's at the party and Michelle, I can't remember her Michelle, Melissa is being like really fucking fake with everybody. And it's like, I'm so glad you came. Also, Melissa keeps walking in on Griffin and Kelly kissing and then being like, like making them feel like they're like they should feel embarrassed. But she keeps like literally like kicking down doors and like bursting in. Um, And every just personally, every single time Griffin and Kelly kissed, I felt nothing because I felt no chemistry. Yes. Yeah. I felt the passing of time. That's He's what I felt. like a paper doll. Yeah. Yep. It'd just be like, and then they kissed and she was smiling. And I was like, mm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's continue forward. I can't wait for you to find out that uh, that you're actually in love with Rachel, but we'll, we'll get there someday. Mm-hmm. In a different In a different time. In a different time. Oh, the shorts that you sent me by email, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that very structured, mm-hmm. large shorts. Very large shorts. Very, very 90s. Oh, there was also a very funny – this was at the beginning of the book, but I just found it, which is just the way that these kids talk is so funny. Um, So they share a lunch table, Kelly and Rachel, with these girls that they're kind of friends with but not really. And they are – all these other girls are like talking shit about their internship because they think that the place is creepy. And this one girl, Linda, says, that place gives me the whim-whams. <laughs> the, the, I, I was like, where is, what is, ha, what region is this <laughs> slang? Yeah, I liked uh, it though because it felt specific. It was very specific. The whim-whams. The whim-whams. I got I the like, Maybe I'll start saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I, I also liked that, like, Kelly doesn't really stand up for Rachel. And it feels bad about it. Because she's like, I hate how sarcastic everyone's being, but I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. And she can feel Rachel staring at her and being like, can you please take my side? And she's also, but she's like, I don't know. I'm just not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. She, like, doesn't want to get into it. Which white silence Mm. and then rachel's like wow you were a big help and she's like yeah i'm sorry i should have said something and i thought that was that was i I thought it was cool Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um i on the i have a runaway sister front oh right we have to talk about that sister (laughs) yes i was very the fact that this is a part of the book makes no (laughs) sense um the last thing i highlighted was um So Kelly's in the hospital because she went to the ice rink thinking Heather might be there because Melissa impersonated Rachel to tell her that was the case. And then when she went to the ice rink, which, by the way, Melissa's dad is like a part owner of. And so she has access to that. um, Very interesting. So she goes to the ice rink and attacks Kelly in the dark with the hand rake. And so now she's in the (laughs) hospital. Rachel shows up. And, um, and Rachel says, um, and blah, blah, blah. So where's my family anyway? Why aren't they here? Oh, Rachel said, that's the part I forgot to tell you. The police tried to get a hold of them, but apparently they've left San Francisco. They think Heather might be in this cult up in the mountains and they're looking for her there. Anyway, even that detective says he can't reach them until they get back. So until then, I'm afraid I am your loving family. Oh, no, Kelly wailed. Do I hear a patient in need of rescue? Said a deep male voice coming into the room from the corridor. Griffin, Kelly said, smiling. (laughs) (laughs) 
Dude, that part was so funny Mm -hmm. because she's like, I mean, wow, she really took that news about her sister being in the fucking like children of God pretty, pretty quick, pretty well. Yeah. And then they get her right out of it because do does she return at the end of this book? Yes, she does. She does. And the only explanation we get is some people out there are really willing to take advantage of lost people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, wasn't she only gone for like three or four months? Yeah, so not that long to be and stuck she in a cult, a cult, to be honest. <laughs> She's not India Oxenberg She wanted to be an here. actress. She, that was... The, Why so, would she go to San Francisco? That's that lots of, you know... That was the other thing, too. Like, the parents... So the parents this entire time are like very strict to Kelly because their oldest daughter has run away from home and gotten involved in a cult. Um, They don't know the cult part yet, but they do know that she's off away and they can't find her. Kelly is pretty cavalier about it. She's like, yeah, well, I don't know. She's smart. Uh, She's probably fine, which turns out she was not fine. She was in a cult. Mm -hmm. But she's like, oh, her parents, her so her parents have hired this private investigator, and I don't. We are talking about this more than the book does. Mm-hmm. Like the book really sidelines this like very interesting side story. Yeah, this is like its own separate book. And the parents are like, "Guess what, Kelly? We have to go out of town because we've gotten news that someone saw." someone that looked like her so we think it's her so we're gonna go out there which to me i was like wouldn't you need like photographic ev- like just oh i think i saw someone that looked like her you're gonna fly out there and then they go out there but the parents need to stay out of town because you know it's one of these books mm-hmm. so they're like well we didn't find her but we're just gonna stay out here and try and follow up on some other leads and i'm like out there is it just a huge coincidence that there's another girl that looks like her and also the cult that stole your daughter is also out there. Like, it was just very, I just didn't trust that investigator. Um, <laughs> I just felt like maybe he was, like, I, charging them yes, for things. Yes, I thought that he was a scam artist. Yes. hmm I agree. Because it just seemed very vague. I was like, you're not even going to give them a picture? Like, you're just going to be like, oh, I heard. Yeah, matching her description. Mm-hmm. And then it was also somebody who wants to be an actress in San Francisco. Why are these girls going to San Francisco? Go to L.A. Go to L.A. Or New York. Or New York City. It's very easy to get in trouble and lost in New York. It is. I feel like you're more likely to join a cult if you go to L.A. And you're more likely, unless you're in Albany. (laughs) Albany. (laughs) Um, Also, if you... Uh, are watching The Vow, which to me really fucking sucks. Uh, Don't watch that documentary. It's very boring. And also is just fucking propaganda by Mark to try and seem like a fucking hero. Yeah. I think Mark is sketch as hell. It's to rehabilitate their image. Yes. They were involved in in the financial aspect of scamming people already. Mm -hmm. So I suggest um, the the documentary of... um, uh fuck what what is it the the stars one uh, seduction or something it's within the first episode they're like this is a fucking sex cult they trafficked women <laughs> these are the things that happened like they list it all out whereas like you can watch the entire first fucking season of the vow and not know what 
they really did. Like at least half of the few episodes of The Vow I saw because my mom and sister were watching it before I got down to San Diego to visit. Um, And so then they would continue watching it when I was like either recording or in the shower or something. Mm -hmm. And so I only saw a little bit of it. But definitely I would say 75% of the episode was taken up with them trying to get press. Yep. For speaking out against the cult and not actually information about the cult. I was like, uh, I, I will do tell not you, care. having seen the entire fucking series <laughs> of the first season, they don't tell you. They do not tell you exactly what happens. Whereas in the other one, it's interviewing fucking India Oxenberg, who's the girl that was like at the fucking center. Of oh, it. the girl that they, yeah. they're trying to get yes. out. Yes. Interesting. Her. And it's about her fucking recovery. And it's about like. Then yeah, and- why are we following her fucking mom? Exactly. Well, and. The fuck and and just like the way that they release the information in the vow is such bullshit. Like you only find out like episode five that her mom was the one who introduced her to the cult, which is like, whoa, why do really? you fucking yes, <laughs> yes. When it's like in this one, it's like everything's like very presented very easily to digest. Um, it is very disturbing because it tells you everything that fucking happened and yeah. how deep the indoctrination was and i don't need to do that to myself right now yeah it's it, it it's a much better documentary seriously and this is the thing that i fucking appreciate about this documentary versus the vow the vow has way too many phone calls between fucking mark and keith with them calling each other kethos and marcos which makes me want to fucking puke whereas and, and also them being like well you know he really sells himself being smart whereas in the other he documentary seems like a fucking mess he's a fucking idiot everything he says is so fucking vague it's fucking nonsense it's classic cult of personality i have seen his personality seems bad though i don't it and i'm is not bad he I'm just not negs even, women i'm not victim blaming i do understand why people get involved in cults i am like this close to converting to christianity because i've switched from asmr videos to sermons <laughs> i've heard <laughs> I, I, I saw that i was like girl you need to maybe <laughs> i need to save you um no jesus saved us all kelly Oh, no. Um, Very interesting literature under my chair. So close. Um, (laughs) Really, I just want to go to this church because I like these speakers. Um, Oh, my God. So uh, I get it. I was a part of Scientology. When you're, like, looking for something Mm -hmm. bigger than yourself and you want to, like, feel like your life has more purpose and blah, 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 these situations are very attractive. So I am not saying I don't understand why these people got involved i'm just saying this man in particular is like a big creep well and it's, very clearly it, yeah. a big creep well and it's like literally you know why these people get involved because like the you know, uh the cult was uh a nexium at the center of it is nancy salzberg and keith ranieri and nancy salzberg it literally what is a professional at like hip hypnosis and like hypnotic speaking and um she would uh, make people do like anytime someone was like thinking about leaving or th- just having any kind of thoughts of like this is kind of fucked up they'll be like let's have an em about it which is basically they call it therapy but it's them just ter- teaching you to turn off your feelings Ooh. yeah and that kind of shit caused a bunch of people to have psychotic breaks like it was this whole mess but so you know why people s- get into cult because not only is it, you know, Keith Raniere has his own bullshit that he's spewing, but everybody around him 
is saying to you, no, this works. And they make you doubt your family and doubt people who care about you. Mm -hmm. So that way you have to stay in the cult. Classic cult. Well, and they were literally collateralizing them. Like they had pictures and videos of them that they threatened to release if they said anything. And like. That really so, is. Yeah. I mean, and that's they would a way make to get them, you to stay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they would be like, oh, if you don't have collateral to give, because they'd make them give collateral like every week. They'd be like, just make something up. Like send us a video of you saying that your dad molested you. It's fake. We won't ever release it. Like, how could you think that we would release it? How could you think that of us? Mm -hmm. So then they would do it and then they'd be like, well, I don't want this video coming out like because that's not true or like like pretty much pretty much either real stuff, real videos. And then they would take videos of them getting fucking branded and be like, well, we're going to release that and all this stuff. So it's it's this whole thing. Anyway, I highly recommend the stars one if you want like actual reporting on the issue um, because this the fucking vow sucks. I hate that documentary. Every episode, I was like, when is this going to be over? <laughs> but I have to Why keep watching. There's, there's so much footage. Why? <laughs> Why are we looking at all this footage? Also, what the fuck is the second season going to be? Oh, you know what it Another is? Another cult? No, they're interviewing fucking Keith. Ew. I'm like, I don't no, need to hear from Keith. I don't need him to have a platform. He you literally do not interview says cult shit. leaders. No. He also, like, says shit that, like, um, that is so vague and such nonsense. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say really quick about the stars documentary is that the vow is like, you know, he was a genius and he like, you know, we believed him. Whereas they're literally like, yeah, he says that he has like a Guinness book of world records. Oh yeah. Uh, like IQ. And then this one lady, she's like, I found one copy of the 1989 Guinness book of world records, the version from Australia. And there's, one entry mentioning him, not based off of any IQ test that anyone's ever heard of, <laughs> saying that he he and like two other people got it and he's never mentioned again. And if you look up the test, it like doesn't exist. So they're like, it's bullshit. Like it's all fake. <laughs> How like did he's, he get that in there? Money. I don't know. Or and then just, they were paid. like, he, you know, they're like, oh, he graduated uh, summa cum laude from like all these schools. They found his transcripts and they're like, he had a 2.7 GPA. Mm, like me. Yeah. So like, don't, don't, don't fucking lie about this shit. Yeah. So it's like, do like the fact that they got the receipts and they're like, this guy's a fucking liar. And they have a bunch of like cult um, specialists on that like talk about it. Yeah, as opposed to the vow is none. These people did not want to confront the fact that actually they got hoodwinked by an idiot. Well, and that Mark literally like liked having the power. He founded SOP like he liked having power. And now he's like trying to change the narrative and only sees himself. I'm sorry. I have so much to say about the fuck. Just TLDR. Mark <laughs> can only have a sense of identity based on external labels. Mm -hmm. And so originally saw himself as leader of SOP and now sees himself as like righteous fighter against Keith Raniere. But he he can't conceptualize himself outside of those labels. And I don't need to be here for that. Mm -hmm. so. so anyway, Heather maybe joined a cult. <laughs> it's unclear. <laughs> Heather joins a cult. She's fine. She wasn't they get her in out. Albany though. She was not in Albany. She was in San Francisco. Or the mountains of San Francisco, the mountains of Northern California, somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. It says she's in mountains. Um, so it's very interesting. I just didn't understand. 
it was unnecessary and didn't fit the tone of the book. It was, but I was, I didn't hate it. I was no, just like, no, I didn't what? hate it. <laughs> Why? It was just pretty distracting, and like I wanted to know the sister's story. Maybe, maybe the next, maybe another book is about the sister. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted it. I wanted there to be a sister book, both yeah. in uh, both figurative and literal. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Carmen Adams books. Let's see, The Claw, Song of the Vampire. What? 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 <laughs> okay. This feels like a sequel to something, but it. Somebody, I saw somebody online say that it's like a sequel, not sequel, <laughs> or a or a book in a series that's not a series. Okay, yeah, because it says believing that peace has returned to to Sleepy Blue Mesa after dispatching the vampire members of the band, Megan and Iris find their lives disrupted again. When a group of the undead oh, invades oh, the oh. beach town of Turo. The first book is called The Band. <gasps> okay. Leather Leather-clad <laughs> creatures of the night who call themselves The Band are constantly on the lookout for new recruits to play music with them and to follow them into the darkness. Oh, from 94. Mm -hmm. ah. Okay. Thank you. I was like, what? My pleasure. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> cool. Okay. Hmm. Yep. Trying to think if I have anything else to say about this book. We kind of petered out, but I don't. Sorry, it's because I went so crazy they, talking about the vow. That's fine. Everybody was watching the vow. It's of interest. Um, it ends the way that they catch Melissa is that Kelly. Oh, that's just right. We has her that. suspicions. The reader is not really let in on it because you like she's trying to make it a surprise, and so she <laughs> sleeps in the. In the fucking big yeah. cat enclosure at night because, like, she's waiting, supposedly. Like, they set it up with Pam, the zoo supervisor, keeper, whatever, um, that she's going to sleep in there. She's waiting for this vet to show up. And they tell Melissa and John this because they think it might be one of them. Melissa is out of town in Chicago the first night it happens, and nothing happens. And so that sets Kelly's suspicions off further. She insists they do it for a second night to see what happens. Lo and behold, Melissa tries to attack her. They catch her. With a tiny reek. And she's like, I'm trying to help my dad. Plus, I wanted Griffin to fall in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, like, Pam, their boss, is like, you need help. Yes. <laughs> that is pretty much how it ends. Like, uh, you need help. A lot of it. Yeah, a lot of help. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was so funny. And then, and then it ends. And then it ends. I guess Griffin oh. is like, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Well, Griffin gets I mad. I forgot oh. about that whole thing. So oh Kelly tells Griffin the plan before she actually tells us the plan. And he's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. This plan is insane. And I'm like, yeah, Griffin's right. And she's like, wow, you're being a real male chauvinist pig right now. She calls him a male chauvinist pig. He also is like, I can't lose you again. Yeah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> don't you die on me, Kelly. <laughs> don't, not now. Not when we're just starting to build a life together. <laughs> what and about the like, kids? <laughs> she's like, I can't believe you're trying to control me. <laughs> and then, so then he just like, he's like, well, I guess I'll see you around. And if please. you live. <laughs> I know. And I was like, oh, damn, Griffin. And then she's like, sleepover, sleepover, does it. And then afterwards, he brings her flowers and he's like, 
Sorry. Sorry, I'm really not that kind of like macho guy. I don't, I was just so afraid of losing you. And I was like, I, I wasn't getting a macho vibe. I was, I was getting, getting like, a Kelly, your vibe. plan is insane. Don't do this. I agreed with him. I'm sorry. That was a crazy thing to do. Also, like, it's funny that they keep calling it macho when like he was like, I can't be involved and like, I'm going to leave you to maybe die alone. Yeah, if he had like swept in there and ruined the plan thinking that he was going to be the hero, that would be a problem. That'd be macho. That'd be a macho. That'd be like, let me take care of it. I know better than you. Girls can't be brave kind of a thing. But this was just like, Kelly, you're putting your life at risk. This is unnecessary. And I was like, yeah, Griffin is correct. Griffin was correct. But it also is funny to me that he was like, so convinced that she was going to die and then was like, but I can't be involved. So, so peace goodbye. out. <laughs> like he literally almost says like, I'll see you in another life. Like yeah. he's like, goodbye. You in hell, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, wow. How and then after he's like, here's some flowers. And she's like, okay. And that's the end. <laughs> that's the end. Oh, and then Rachel's there too. And Rachel's like, yay, the plan worked. And, and everyone's happy. Except for Michelle. Well, I guess she's a. Oh, she's it was happy. Rachel's plan. Yeah, Rachel came up with the plan. Yeah. But Kelly was the bait. Oh, yeah. And it ends with Heather coming back and Kelly being like, wow, little do they know that they've got a Wonder Woman under the roof. <laughs> I, okay, I did forget about that. I did forget about that. That, okay, so her parents are like, how'd you get that scratch on your arm? Because she did get scratched with a tiny rake. And she's like, um, a hot dog fell on me. She's like, um, spigot. Yeah. <laughs> and and then also, like, I know, I know she's been through so much. I know she's been through so much. But the fact that she does not really care about what happened with her sister and the cult and is just, like, so focused on her own it's, struggle. And also thinks that she's being very generous yeah. In doing this. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let them have their little moment of reunion and yes. continue to be the reasonable daughter. But little do they know that I'm a hero. <laughs> I'm seriously picturing like the parents and the like almost lost to the cult sister coming in the house and her like brandishing her bandaged arm and being like, I wonder if anyone's going to ask about my arm. And then her parents <laughs> then being like, they do. And then she's like, mm, I just did it in a boring teenager way. And then like walking upstairs and being like, wow, you're so generous. While her fucking family is just like sitting in the living room being like, oh, I guess she doesn't want to catch up with the long lost sister who's been in a cult. Like, OK, I guess she has her own shit going on. <laughs> she's like, I'll let them talk it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she literally because you said this before, it was not Lindsay making a joke. She literally says like i didn't need to let them know that they had a wonder woman under their roof <laughs> yet yeah. and it's like <laughs> yeah, that's a direct quote <laughs> <laughs> she'd like, tell them sometime oh. for now it was enough that she knew it <laughs> it's like okay kelly but like also your sister literally like just escaped the cult and also okay i'm just gonna read the second to last page because it is so fucking funny <laughs> and that's how much it gets a page. 
Yeah. Heather, Kelly found herself yelling and getting her sister in a death grip hug. Hey, Heather said, laughing, don't kill me. I can't believe you're back, Kelly said. Are you really back? She looked at her sister and saw she was thinner and had clearly been through some hard times. <laughs> Heather nodded. I got a little lost. There are lots of souls out there, all of them searching. And there are people who take advantage of that. Kelly knew she would hear more later when Heather was ready to talk. <laughs> the important thing was her sister was home and it looked like she planned to stay. <laughs> and then... But enough about your sister, her mother said, shocked at Kelly's appearance, which she'd forgotten in the excitement. What's this? She touched the bandaged arm and pointed to the large bruise on Kelly's forehead. These injuries seemed so far back in the adventure that she hadn't even thought to prepare lies about them, and so had to improvise with a long, excruciatingly dull story. Like, she told the whole story, and we haven't even gotten Heather's yet. Excruciatingly mm. dull story about working at the refreshment stand and a new spigot and a case of falling hot dog buns. She made it sound like the sort of utterly uninteresting accident a sensible girl would have, and kept going with the story until she had either lost or bored all of them. They needn't know they had Wonder Woman under their roof yet. She'd tell them sometime. For now, it was enough that she knew it. About the author. Carmen <laughs> Adams lives with her trained wolves, Pamela, Sharon, and Gladys, in a remote area on the northern coast of California where she writes, races motorcycles, and practices cliff diving. <laughs> it's like Carol Anshaw, you're funny. I, I think she's very funny. Mm -hmm. I also thought... Can you imagine? You've just escaped from a cult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're coming home. You've said two sentences. You've said two sentences, and your fucking dipshit sister is like, <laughs> these hot dog buns fell on me, and, and I and hit my keep arm. talking for 10 minutes until you're ten like, minutes. why is she still talking? <laughs> You're like, and you're just sitting there thinking about fucking sleep deprivation uh, and like how you all the shit had to have through. sex twelve times a day with yes. your cult leader and lost fifty pounds. And you're like, cool, Kelly. Yeah, so sounds like those hot rogue hot dog buns are pretty. <laughs> Whereas if she had said like, oh, this total nut at <laughs> my zoo internship was. <laughs> stalking and attacking me and pretending she was a panther i'd be like okay yeah we can stay on that for a second my cult although thing actually wait. although actually if she did say that i think i would be like did you make that up because like you can't let me have yeah. the attention like like look can you, i okay. know that like you're the little sister and maybe you feel like yeah kind of like jealous or like maybe i get more attention than you but, like, you don't have to say that a deadly, like, big cat was hunting you. <laughs> well, that literally that it wasn't even a deadly big cat, that it was, that it a, was girl a girl who was pretending to be a panther. To protect her criminal father. <laughs> from the old <gasps> decrepit zoo that you were. Oh, my at. God. We didn't even get into the owner of the zoo. Oh, I forgot about him. He's very um this the owner of Jurassic Park. Yes. -ish. He's like Dr. Yeah. Hofstadter. And yeah. he he at night plays the flute <laughs> for, yes. for the primates as a scientific study on the effect music has on their behavior. But they find this out when Rachel and Kelly put on masks <laughs> of the oh my Terminator God. and who else? Is it like 
Richard Nixon? Like <laughs> something really insane. Who is it? So it's like a fucking Shrek mask. And yeah, like- they put on <laughs> fucking Halloween masks. Um, and because they're trying to figure out, they're trying, they're looking for clues. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Halfstetter came into the office as she was saying this and said, it was your bravery, young lady, that is going to save the zoo from extinction, along with my research. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think I could quite describe my methodology. You don't have to, Dr. H. Kelly thought, and you need, and you never need know who is behind those Terminator and Frankenstein masks. Never. Oh, Frankenstein. She and Rachel laughed all the way to the car. <laughs> Can you imagine? Ha, 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 So there's a lot going on in this book, and it was an enjoyable read. <laughs> Huge recommend. Mm-hmm. Huge recommend. Read this book. It's very funny. And also, it takes like 45 minutes to read. It's very yes. quick. Mm-hmm. And it's on openlibrary.org. So why? what reason do you have not to read it? Mm-hmm. It's quick, easy, fun. Yes. What a treat. Um... So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, and a special thank you to our Patreon listeners. If you want to sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash teencreeps. We've got a lot of cool incentives for you uh, there. And this- a shout out to our Patreon producers. Thank you to Amanda Nangle. And Dwyer. Ashley Fritz. Brian Petty II. Claire Moore. Courtney McPhail. Danielle Lamana. Danny. Emily Pooley. Gabriela Santiago. Gianna Fernandez. Grace Armstrong. Jeremy Cronk. Jessica Smith-Harper. Jonathan Venable. Jordan Colway. Karen Lewis. Kat Miller. Katie Lilly. Katie Olsner. Kelly Burns. Chris Dorina, Landry Desmond. Laura Hooper. Lonnie Martin. Luke Bartek. Mandalay Walschlager. Marco Pavlicich. Melody. Megan Lozier. Micah Eunice. Miguel Camacho. Miranda Hester. Molly Marks. Oscar Gallegos. Randy Klett. Rashad Black. Rogue Kalahua. Sersha Descaro. Sarah. Sarah Jaggers. Sarah Nichelle. Sarah Wallen. Sasha Gibson. Shannon Pickens. Sydney Bollinger. Tristan Buckner. Victoria Beck. Victoria Valdez. And Wendy Bartos. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, We'll see you next week. Can we say what we're reading? Let me look at what we're reading. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we're, we're doing this far enough in advance so next, we're reading The Bride by D.E. Athkins, a.k.a. Deathkins. Woo! Promising title. Promising. Promising. Yes. Uh, um, so we'll, we'll catch you next week. Um, wear a mask. Keep a social distance. Um, please talk to your MAGA relatives about the fact that there was not election fraud. Black Lives Matter. Trans Lives Matter. Um are those all the things they keep throwing in? I'm really lengthening this. I'm going to have to pare it back down maybe in the new year. You know what? Yeah. I, I think that's... I think that's all I've been adding because I'm a little less panicked now. Yeah. A little. Well, because we don't have to say no on Prop 22 anymore because it fucking won. God, that was sad. so upsetting. I really um, should have done more to, to organize I mean, I felt, yeah, I felt like, unfortunately, there was no messaging, like, controlled messaging about, like, why. Like, it was just, like, individuals, like you and me or, you know. they spent, like, $200 million and forced all of the, their drivers to. I know. To fucking advocate for it to their passengers. And they did a, I mean, not good, but they did a, um, a, a big job of, like, 
rephrasing kind of what it was about and like mm -hmm. tricking people. So mm -hmm. people, you know, someone just seeing it would be like, oh, to help restaurants. Okay. You yeah. know? So, yeah. um, yeah, so, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's some yeah. pretty upsetting props. Oh, and I know. Some pretty upsetting props failed. Give to, <laughs> yeah, give to the give Georgia to Senate races. Um, probably specifically like the um, Warnoff like more and, uh, boots, like boots on the ground efforts. Like Stacey yeah, I, my stuff is uh, my stuff is specifically going to the campaigns of uh of the two seats. Or um, sorry, I'm by campaigns. I meant don't give to the DNC or DCCC. No, 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 no. Don't they and, mismanage yeah. their money? So either give directly to the campaigns or give to one of the community organizing efforts. Mm -hmm. What is Stacey Abrams's effort called? Fair fight. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's one. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's one. And honestly, yeah, like I would say, cut out as many middlemen as you can, just because you never know. Yeah, um, which is. I, because I was lazy and d was like, I don't have time to research everybody. So I'm just going to yeah. direct. And I saw somebody um, saying, like, don't volunteer to call unless you're Southern. <laughs> because wait, people what? in Georgia are going to be picking up the phone and, like, irritated that outsiders are calling. But mm, I don't know how true that, that is. If you like, want to abide fake. by that, sorry, you can that text instead. You can volunteer for text banking instead fake. of phone that banking. Sounds like that, fucking, that sounds like that fucking lady that deleted that tweet because she was like, Hey, fellow white organizers, <laughs> let's fight the urge to colonize the South. And you should really, we shouldn't be helping Georgia. We need to focus our efforts <laughs> in the suburbs. And everyone's like, what? What? <laughs> what? You know what? what? When good intentions get in the hands of some stupid people, it's a problem. Oh, my God. Okay. Do you want to hear the most cringe take? The most cringe take I love it that cringe. I have seen on Twitter. I forgot who it was, and I think they deleted it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not. Okay, it, the tweet was, hey, listen, if you sleep with somebody and you think it's going to be a one-night stand and they think it's going to be a relationship, oh, you're no. doing non-consensual sex. Oh, no. This opinion makes me quite a delight at dinner parties. I'm sure it fucking does. <laughs> Can you imagine being like, oh, this guy ghosted me, and then her at a dinner party being like, you got raped. Oh, boy. I mean, to mm, it's a fine line. That is certainly some shady, shitty behavior. It's shady, but that's but the. I think that's the thing that like, people don't realize. You can be shady and a without shit person, being a fucking like criminal. Yeah, uh, the internet's annoying. You guys know that. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. They all know. They know the internet's annoying. Okay. I mean, sometimes it can be fun to laugh at, so that's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I'm sure people look at my Twitter and think I'm some unhinged maniac, sure. which I am my Instagram for sure. It's all fucking selfies that I like Photoshop. Am I okay? No, <laughs> no, look, we have a brand to take care of. We love you guys. Keep it creepy. Forever dog. This has been a forever dog production. Executive produced by dog. Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.